So I've been wanting to do a podcast about evangelization, and today is the first Sunday of Advent. You know, we're awaiting the arrival of He who is the good news, and so I thought this would be the perfect day to do it. Um, So I want to talk about why we need to evangelize, what it even is, and then lastly, how do we do it? Because it's a pretty intimidating topic. Um, Evangelization or spreading the gospel, or sharing the good news is a a huge key central part of our faith as Christians because we actually had a direct order from Jesus to do this. So it's not something you can really ignore or give the runaround to. If you do want to be a Christian and follow Christ, because this is what he told you to do, um, it's a hard one to spread the good news um, because most of the time, it's easy to forget that there is any. And I know like when I wake up in the morning, especially at 5.30 on a work day, I mean, just ask me what the good news is and I'll tell you so fast, it'll make your head spin. <laughs> um, but, but basically, um, the reason we can't ignore spreading the good news is because there's this moment in the Gospel of Matthew where Jesus gives us something that we call the Great Commission. And commission means command. It means group instruction, group order. So anyone who was listening and anyone who heard those words and followed Jesus, this is what he said after he died and had been resurrected when he was standing on this mountain right before he literally just floated off into the air. (laughs) I always laugh when I think about that. Um, It was physically lost to our sight. Um, He told everyone who was standing there, to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that he has commanded us. And then he said, and behold, I am with you until the end of the age. So that's what he said before he floated up on a cloud. So I don't know about you, but to me, that sounds like (laughs) the thing that we should all be doing. Um, So diving into what he said, into this great commission, which is all of our group mission, we Christians on earth, um, right off the bat, the baptizing part that he mentions is most likely and most often going to be the last step. That's like step 50. Because before someone wants to be baptized into the quote-unquote life of grace, life as a child of God, they're going to want to know, why am I doing this? Whose name am I taking on as Christian? Like you, It's like getting married. You, know, you take on a new name. And you know, what does that mean to be a Christian? What are Christians like? And so before that can even happen, it's up to us evangelizers, which is supposed to be every Christian— to show them what it means, what it means to be part of that family of God. And I will say this, um, to think about yourself as an evangelizer is intimidating. It's scary. Um, I mean, my first reaction is like, I don't even know what that means. I don't want that kind of responsibility. Like, please just leave me alone. (laughs) Um, But I am learning to think of it less as something that I have to do out of fear and more in this mindset of like, hey, I've got this good news. Like my dad's really great and his house is open and like he gives $5 to anyone who mows the lawn and like that's the good news, you know? So like I want to share it. There's not this uh, this pressure. Um, 
it's like a good pressure, you know, like when you want to share a great deal at a store with someone like, man, I want you in on this too. It has nothing to do with you and what you're going to gain or what you're going to lose by not getting them in on the deal, you know? Um, and I think that would be evangelizing out of fear. And I do think that that can be a thing that we all fall into that I myself have fallen into. Um, is this this attitude of stress when it comes to spreading the gospel and sharing Christianity where like you kind of get in your head and you're like, oh, I have to go like rake in some converts and some numbers, you know? Um, but the truth is, in God's eyes, because each and every person that you share him with, he who is the good news, because they're all children of God, then each one is so important to him. Maybe not so important to you, um, but super important, and maybe, maybe important to you, but really, really important and meaningful to you. So if you effectually share the truth of who God is, his love with someone, that's huge. Um, and their realization that, hey, your dad, God, the father is actually pretty great may take a lifetime of your, your work and your continual reminders to them in different ways that yes, my dad's home is your home too. It's always open. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about your clothes. Don't worry about, you know, whatever. Come as you are. It's worth it. Um, and that soul is, is your dad's child anyways and just doesn't know it. And so that's the big thing about evangelization too is that it's, you know, it's profoundly sad that people are running around and not knowing who God their father is, you know. Um, and it's so sad that sometimes that alone can be like enough of a prompt to make me want to go out and like share that good news, you know? So yeah, I will say I definitely used to just evangelize strictly out of fear. The fear of like, if I don't do my job and fulfill the great commission and speak out about the truth of who God is and what he asks of us, I'm going to get whooped on judgment day. And that's what this is really all about. It's about me not getting my ass whooped. And what it sounds like when you have that motivation is like, um, can you just believe this? Okay. And like, stop asking so many difficult questions. Just like accept and believe, <laughs> just be evangelized already so I can move on to the next one and cross you off, you know? Um, and again, that person is not a checked box, not to Christ. And so our, our goal should be to kind of see that person as, as Christ sees them as worth a lifetime of reaching out. Um, so anyways, that all of that aside, what is the good news that we're trying to share? That is a really long answer, but basically in short form, the good news is that Jesus Christ, who is God, who is Emmanuel, which means God with us, is present among us, loving us in every way, that we need to be loved, whatever our individual way that we need to be loved is, and forgiving us when we fall because he loves us. Um, we do have to go to him before we can properly receive that forgiveness, but that's the same thing as in any relationship. Things have to be talked out. But anyways, the, the good news is Jesus. And as he said in the Great Commission, I am with you always. But until he returns in a bodily form, because we saw his body taken up on that cloud, right? So until we, we can really see him with arms and legs, you know, 
Um, we are those arms and legs. We are that body of Christ that in his place until he returns needs to reach out to people, needs to talk to people, needs to heal people um, so that they too can understand that Christ is present among us. So how do we help them understand that Christ is present among us? That's evangelization. And again, you know, it's not like, also when I think of evangelization, I think of like, just, you know, like saying like, well, in Peter chapter five, it says that you shall be damned. And like, again, that's not really helpful. That doesn't really change hearts. It just makes people mad and it's, it shuts things down. So going back to Jesus, how did he act when he was here with us? The best teachers are the ones who don't just give you the lesson, you know, from, from the desk at the front of the room. They like, they come down, they interact with you and they, they work through the problem with you. And so we see that he did the same thing. He himself, who was the gospel, who is the good news that he is with us, which is everything, who loves and forgives us, reached out and treated everyone in a very different way. And that is, I think, the key thing to realize about evangelization is that it looks different for everyone. For anyone who chooses to evangelize and share the truth of who Christ is, you have to understand that he reached out to people in a multitude of ways. And there is no one way to evangelize. I think a lot of us think that to evangelize, we need to know a lot of doctrine. We need to know, we need to be able to have, you know, eight-hour debates and, you know, convince someone purely on an intellectual level of who God is and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, Jesus did do that. He did have those debates um, with the people who, who needed that. You know, you look at the Pharisees and the scribes, and these were educated people, and they, they needed to have, have all of their, their intellectual ideas challenged and, and debated, and then, you know, they needed to be silenced, you know, um, in, in those intellectual ways. But then when the kids came to him and crawled on his lap, he didn't then continue using intellectual debates. He didn't like look at the four-year-old and be like, thus saith the Lord. You know, he just, he hugged them and he let them play. And then to the sick people too, he didn't go into the sick people and start, you know, telling them about the laws of Moses and how God's laws are greater and how, you know, talk about divorce. He healed them. Like it was something completely different, you know, that he brought to them. And for us, obviously, most of us cannot heal people. Um, but we can, we can bring healing in a lot of ways. And as we know, there are so many ways in which we can be sick and broken, um, not just physical. And so healing as well can come in a lot of different ways. And sometimes it's emotional, sometimes it's spiritual. I don't know, bring somebody their favorite food, like that can be healing. Um, and then to the people at large, he told stories to them. He went to weddings with them. There were dinner parties that he attended at people's houses. Um, people who were known to be kind of terrible people, judging by the, the standards of the time. And then people who everyone knew to be, you know, the saints of the saints. And then to the crowds, 
He fed them. He gave food to them. He multiplied the loaves and the fishes. But again, my point is that if he had said or shown us that there's only one way to evangelize, and that is that everybody gets a loaf and a fish, whether you're a kid, a Pharisee, or a sick person, whatever, just here's your fish, bye. Um, that wouldn't have been reaching out to the needs of the individual, which is, again, what evangelization is, because that's who Jesus is. Jesus is, is someone who touches the needs of your heart, of where you are in life. And, and he always reaches out to those specific needs because that person in their needs, in their neediness, is special to him. And that's how evangelization works. So it may look like you taking care of a niece or a nephew for a day and giving mom a break. It may look like visiting a nursing home, visiting your old grandmother, giving your mom flowers on Mother's Day. Um, it may look like feeding a homeless person. It may look like smiling at that person that you hate at work and being like, hey, can I help you get this done? Um, it may look like you having those 10-hour debates with someone about the truths that really matter and really like, what is chair? You know, but like, what is it? Um, and it may look like you having your friends over just to hang out. Um, all of those are evangelization because Christ shared himself in that way too, just living and reaching out. So that means that if we do the same thing in that same spirit of just being with people, being present with them where they are and loving them and, and just, again, being with them, even when you can't fix the problem. Um, and whether it looks like a simple hug or a five-hour debate, that is bringing the good news to them. That is evangelization. That is saying, here is Christ. Here is his love for you, shown through me, but it's from him. And again, I just felt like this is such an important thing to, to talk about because if you're in a group and you ask somebody or you just say like, hey, who feels qualified to evangelize and like share the good news about Christ? You probably won't get a single hand. Um, it's intimidating and none of us feel smart or good or brave enough to do it. Um, but in reality, evangelization can look so many different ways, but you know, the one variable that doesn't seem to change is the reaching out part. Um, sharing Christ, even when we look at his life, how he shared himself with people, it seems to always involve reaching out and interacting with people, all different types of people, meeting them where they were at, and trying to fill the need that they had to be filled. Um, so the question about you, are you evangelizing? Are you capable of it? Are you qualified to do it? Um, that can be answered with another simple question, whose needs are you meeting and how and why? And that is carrying out the Great Commission. That is you being Christ. So, you know, when he was on this mountain and he was saying, you know, baptize all the nations, blah, 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 and teach them the things I've commanded you, what did Jesus command us to do? Again, he, he kind of gave us those two greatest commandments, which is love the Lord with everything you have. And he said, you know, with your heart, with your soul, with your mind, with everything you have. And then love your neighbor as yourself. And for me, I can say, I love the Lord. Like, sure, like, I totally love the Lord. Like, you know, 
He never yells at me. He's not annoying to me. Doesn't smell bad. I've never smelled him, you know, but I've heard it said that the only way you can know if you love the Lord is by seeing how well you love your neighbor. And so that's the second part of the, the twofold golden commandment, you know, the golden rule that he gave us, which is loving your neighbor as yourself. And so for me, at my job, that means that when I'm in bed 23 and I'm taking care of my patient and then I like smell something really bad from bed 24 and I hear the nurse be like, oh shit. Um, that means that I don't pretend not to hear her and I, I don't suddenly become super busy with something down the hall that I realized I just have to go do. It means that I walk into that room and I face the you know what. Um, and that, my friends, is the kingdom. That is the kingdom. That is evangelization. That is spreading the gospel. Um, but anyways, um, another part that I do want to touch on in a later podcast, kind of related to evangelization, is just to uh, kind of about being prepared to give a reason why you're a Christian. I remember being at mass one time and the priest gave a homily and I was so challenged by it because he was like, why are you here? Why are you a Christian? What is a Christian? And um, if someone were to ask you, what is being a Christian about? Do you have an answer? And um, it really challenged me because up until that time, I don't know that I would have been able to, to really verbalize it. Um, but I don't know, like at least for me, um, especially in the job that I do now, the answer to the question of why do you believe, what do you believe, and why do you believe is all important. And I know like in my dating life, I, I meet and, you know, have been on dates with a lot of people who are like, I'm not spiritual or I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. You know, I believe God's out there and like, and that's great. But, um, for me at least I need something more. And I've come to realize that, um, especially because my job, I work in the pediatric ICU. So I'm faced with life and death every day. And I see people who are hideously, just apparently, excuse my language, fucked over by life, you know, and just kids and parents and families, the most horrible, the most literally traumatic situations that can really be presented. Um, and I see that every day. And so I don't know how I would be able to deal with it if I didn't know what I believed. Um, I can't think of anything more depressing than going to that job every day and just thinking like, I just, I'm just a lucky one. I hit the jackpot. And for some reason, other people drew short straws um, and I didn't. But, you know, there's, there's an emptiness to that. Like when you see a child's life cut short and a family just in the depths of grief, um, it's really, really important to believe that this didn't happen for nothing. Um, that, that this suffering has merit and that it is not going unnoticed and that it is not just uncared about and that this is just the law of nature and, you know, really it's just, um, 
every man for himself and the survival of the fittest. So anyways, I will say that in my job, I've been forced to confront a lot of those realities and to get some really good answers really quick about why I believe what I believe. Um, but it is something good to have in your back pocket and just carry with you for your own sake uh, so that if someone does ask you, what do you believe and why do you believe it, that you really know. Um, so at any rate, there is one more thing that I want to mention Um, When Jesus appeared to his apostles after he was resurrected, um, he, they were all sitting in the room and they were all like really scared and whatever, because Jesus had just died. And then he came to them and they thought he was a ghost. They didn't recognize him. Um, And the only way that they recognized him is when he held out his hands and his feet and they still had nail marks in them from his death. And they weren't like hideous and gruesome wounds anymore. They were glorified wounds. But at the same time, they were wounds. They were marks of of what he had been through. And by those wounds, they recognized him. And so I think about that. And I think about like, man, by his wounds, they knew him. And, And just the fact that Christ revealed himself and identified himself to his, his followers through his wounds. And I think that, at least for me, this is another part of evangelism that honestly I need to dive into more. But um, so many of us feel like if I'm going to evangelize, I can't also share my own wounds because then it looks like I'm not practicing what I preach or it's not you know, but Christ does this thing with our wounds where he, he may not take them away, but he turns them into something beautiful, something that has become our shame or was our shame can become our, our glory and our pride. And the thing that we show people like, this is who I am. This is what I've been through. This is why I'm credible. This is why you can trust me and that I am who I say I am, which is what he did. So anyways, it's kind of off topic, but, um, At any rate, I just share all this with you um, to challenge you to go out and not to be afraid of evangelizing Um, and and just for you to know that most of the time you won't be required to speak in lengthy parables or to give lectures or to argue or to debate unless that's really what you are called to do and what you enjoy doing, in which case God will give you the ability and the desire to do so and do so effectively. Um, going out and preaching the good news is just about sharing Christ and who he is and his love for people. Um, and so as he says, be not afraid because most of the time words won't be necessary.